Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. All right, welcome to Bet the Edge on Wednesday, September 21st. Thanks to everyone watching on the NBC Sports YouTube channel. I'm Jay Croucher. He's Drew Dinsick. We're going to look at some of the injury concerns coming into this week and break down three games in particular that are going to swing based on names like Justin Herbert, Michael Pittman, and the like. Drew, how are you? I'm tremendous, man. Did you catch MVP Aaron Judge hitting his 60th home run last night? What a moment. Yeah. That was yeah. quite cool. Like looking at the I retired know. Babe Ruth number and just kind of reflecting. Uh, it was quite cool. I uh, got got to love uh, when we get to this time of year and baseball really starts to feel like, uh, you know, fall classic is in the air. Uh, love, 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 love sports this time of year. Yeah, I, uh, I might have been watching that, Drew. Uh, <laughs> someone holding a holding a forty to one Aaron Judge MVP ticket. It's been oh, very. It's no fun cheering against uh, the great Shohei Otani for uh, the past three months. He's an absolutely terrifying and very handsome man. And uh, I think last night might have might have finally wrapped it up. Some books have actually pulled yeah. uh, the market off the board now after last night. Uh, points bet paid Aaron Judge out as a winner. So I think wow. that it's probably done now. Uh, you know, Speaking of done, uh, Matt mm-hmm. Ryan and uh, the Indianapolis Colts. This is the first game that we're going to hit. So this line opened at around KC minus three, minus three and a half until... Uh, Matt Ryan was overtaken by Joe Flacco and the power rankings of best quarterbacks in the NFL. Uh, Look, everyone that I know uh, who is, I would say on average, my friends who are betting, they they are experienced bettors. They're not necessarily the sharpest of the sharps. And everyone is talking themselves into the Colts. Plus six and a half, if it gets to plus seven, thinking that everyone's overrating the Chiefs, like the Colts season on the line. Are you buying into that, or uh, do you think the Chiefs are actually the side? I think the Chiefs are the side, and I think the over is worth a look. Uh, the market it's right now so far is telling you that Pittman is probably going to play. I don't think you would see legitimate people out there making limit-sized bets this part of the week on the Colts, on the over, if that wasn't going to come through. Um, but at the same time, I find this to be just an absolutely dreadful matchup for the Colts broadly because – Gus Bradley runs the defense, and if there's one thing we've learned from the last several years of watching the NFL, Pat Mahomes knows how to absolutely cook a Gus Bradley defense. 
I do not expect to, that if you see Shaq Leonard out there, that he is going to give you what we know of his you know level of performance, especially coming in cold, having had you know not a lot of practice, not a lot of you know no reps at all in, in the preseason. So uh, for me, I'm still Kansas City in this game. I'm over 49 and a half. Uh, I would actually sell up to 50 and a half um, over 50 and a half right now in points bet. So that that actually okay. So that move is happening as we're talking about it. Um, I think, uh, yeah, so this is a little bit more kind of support that Pittman probably goes to your point on the Matt Ryan thing. And I'll kick this back to you when it's over for a quarterback, it's usually pretty violent, right? It's like, Oh no, no. Like he's, he's done, done. Right. And when age gets you, you're, you know, you, you lack the leg strength, you lack the platform and your, your ball just isn't the same. And we've seen that time, you know, many, many, many examples. Uh, you know, the most kind of visceral is probably like the Matt Schaub in Houston uh, at the end of his tenure there, where it was literally he was throwing a pick six every single game. And it was like, how is how he's, he didn't just do that again. He did it again. And it was, uh, you know, if that is what happens to Ryan this season. I mean, number one, Colts aren't going anywhere. And number two, like this is a wild indictment of their kind of philosophy of building a team because all of the messaging in the preseason wasn't just, uh, you know, we're going to compete for a championship this year. It was we've found the answer for multiple years in Matt Ryan. And if two games into the season, we're starting to ask these questions, then, you know, that's obviously an enormous problem. I have yet to see sort of the quarterback uh, kind of top evaluators that I know of uh, in the social media landscape really kind of point to, you know, kind of the, the telltale signs that it's over for Ryan. Um, but his performance through two games leaves a lot to be desired. Yeah, I think with Matt Ryan, the thing is, and it's the same for a lot of oldest kind of statuesque quarterbacks where he needs to be kept clean. He needs a pristine context to operate in to be successful. And the sneaky thing about this Colts team in general is that I think everyone is biased to the, the end of the Andrew Luck era where they had close to the best offensive line in football. But right now, this is a bad offensive line. Like Mark Price, the left tackle, the offensive line wasn't good last year either. There are lots of players in and out. They've lost players outside of Quentin Nelson and Braden Smith. Like This isn't a great offensive line by any means. And if it's not, if Ryan is under siege, then, then the Keystone Cops plays start happening uh, and he starts throwing ducks. So... Very concerned about Matt Ryan uh, in general. Now, with this line, I think the six and a half is reflecting to your point that Pittman probably plays. I think if he gets ruled in, it probably gets to a slightly juicier six and a half, but probably doesn't go down to six. If Pittman is out, um, <laughs> what happens to the line? Because people ask me all the time, like, oh, what's what's X player worth to the line? And it's, like, it's difficult because yeah. if Michael Pittman was on uh, the Miami Dolphins, who apparently have the best wide receiving core in the sport now, yep. not worth that much because you yep. still have Tyreek and Waddle. But on the Colts, uh, who have nothing behind him, I think this line goes through seven. Yeah, I love this discussion because it points to the fact that uh, you know the the who is replacing the player matters so much, and the Colts are exceptionally thin when it comes to pass catchers. Uh, and yes, if Pittman is out, this goes to seven and a half, in my opinion. And is Pittman worth a move across seven? Probably not. But it still is amazing how big the downgrade is from Pittman to who actually will be out there catching passes on, on Sunday. So um, my the, the one other thing about this market that I think it's important to point out, the preseason look ahead was like around three, 
you know, last week after a couple of a successful, you know, after a successful week one from the from the Chiefs, the look ahead was like three and a half, and then it opened at uh, six and a half, right? And so there are there is a huge contingent of betters who pay attention to that sort of thing, and they look for these type of overreaction spots and blind bet into them, even if the situation itself is very suspect. And for me, that's where I sit. This is maybe I should have just passed on this game entirely or only played the over. Um, but uh, you know that if you're betting into six and a half, it's inflated based on all of the priors we had for this team. Uh, and the adjustment from three and a half to six and a half is an entire like attempt to correct the prior for the Colts based on what we've seen through two games. And that's a tough thing to correct because you could be overreacting based on just a couple of lousy road performances early in the season, which is somewhat telltale for the Colts in the Frank Reich era. Um, so it's it's a uh, this is probably the most interesting market of the week, even though it's a game that might not ultimately be that entertaining. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think, uh, you know, a lot of market dynamics at play here. And, uh, you know, there's probably going to be two way action on this side as we head into Sunday. Yep, I agree with that. I think if Pittman gets ruled in and it stays six and a half, then I would probably like the Colts at that number if it stays there. But the, the other last thing on the Colts is that I do think it's very interesting that the AFC South division market it is still anchored to the Colts being favorite. And that is surprising to me. And that makes me think that there are some smart people out there who are seeing something about the Colts that uh, maybe we're not because Tennessee has been the big drifter in that yeah. market uh, and not Indianapolis, which is a little peculiar. All yeah. right, Drew. Now, just a reminder, if you don't have the NBC Sports Predictor app, go download it now. The contests are free and easy to play, and you'll have a shot to win thousands this weekend by predicting what will happen in college football, Major League Baseball, on the NASCAR circuit, and in the Premier League. And there is also $100,000 up for grabs by guessing the outcome between the 49ers and Broncos in our Sunday Night 7 contest. This football season, PointsBet is bringing you a better way to bet live on games, which means before this ad is over, you can place a live same-game parlay, bet on the next drive to be a touchdown, and cash out your live second-half over bet. So whether you are on the move or on the couch, do it live on PointsBet. Download the PointsBet app today and sign up with the code BETTHEEDGE to get a second chance on your first five bets up to $100 each. New customers only, must be 21 plus and present in Colorado, Iowa, Illinois, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, Virginia, West Virginia, Kansas, or Louisiana. Void where prohibited, Louisiana license pending in partnership with Louisiana iGaming LP, DBA Boomtown, New Orleans. Second chance means that if any of your first five cash bets, first five bet per day for five consecutive days on a fixed odds market loses, you will receive free bets in the amount of the losing wager up to $100 each. Additional terms and conditions apply. See the promotions page and terms and conditions section of the PointsBet website for more details. Gambling problem? In Colorado or Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700. In Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. In Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. In Michigan, call 1-800-270-7117. In Virginia, call 1-888-532-3500. And in Louisiana, call 1-877-770-STOP. 1-877-770-7867. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help in Illinois, New Jersey, West Virginia, or Pennsylvania, call 1-800-GAMBLER for crisis counseling and referral services or visit www.1800GAMBLER. 
gambling problem? Call 8778 Hope New York or text Hope NY 467369 in New York. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Okay, another AFC South team. The only AFC South team that feels good about itself right now. The Jags, uh, who are getting seven points at the Chargers. Now, the line on this was around 10, and then we don't really know what's happening with Justin Herbert. Uh, the It's funny, like the, the consensus on Herbert is broken rib, but fine. Um, broken rib, but fine, which is never ideal. Expect that he won't be 100%. If he goes, the total is 47 and a half. What are you looking for in this matchup? Okay, so the buzz in Chargers Nation, all 10 of them uh, this morning, are, are it's all about, uh, number one, Herbert played through broken ribs back in 2020. Uh, when he did, he was amazing. Uh, he, did you see that throw after he broke his ribs? It was unbelievable. <laughs> all that may be true. I would say that this is a more serious injury uh, than whatever he dealt with in 2020, almost certainly. Uh, and I think that the seriousness of this injury changes two things about the, what the Chargers are going to do from a game plan standpoint, even if he goes. I think it's probably somewhere in the 75%, 65%, 75 chance that he takes the field on Sunday. I think if there was a certainty that he was going to get, you know, get the shot, be out there, we would probably see a number over seven right now. Um, and, you know, once that confirmation comes in, this may move to over seven just based on some enthusiasm in the betting public for this Chargers team uh, and people trying to maybe sell high on the Jaguars after a big divisional win. Uh, that's another common thing that people tend to bet into. Um, but, uh, you know, for me, the game plan itself is the interesting part here, because if you have a, you know, if you have a commodity like Justin Herbert and you've put all of your chips on the table in terms of rostering, uh, you know, a team around him. It doesn't make a ton of sense to put him in harm's way in week three of a season where you're trying to make a playoffs and you're trying to get him some playoff experience. Uh, and so I think if he's out there, this is going to be a game plan that is tilted more run. It's going to be tilted more ball control. They're going to have extra, you know, more more tight ends on the field and less wide receivers to try to have extra protection. Um, I think you kind of double down on making sure that this injury doesn't become worse. Uh, he may ultimately be completely fine in terms of the way he's running this offense, but I have huge questions about the way Lombardi is calling the offense. Uh, and if they tack into an even more conservative game plan because they're trying to protect Herbert, 
um, then I think the Jags are very much live to cover this seven. Regardless, yep. if Herbert, let's say he's not a, not himself, himself, then this is, you know, we talk about a distribution, a range of outcomes, right? Well, there is a long tail to Jaguars winning if Herbert is not playing as Herbert, you know, normally does. Seven is not a fair number if you have like a fifth, like a, you know, a 25th percentile performance from Herbert on Sunday. So, um, you know, I think you kind of have to look at this as maybe an opportunity to bet the Jags money line, maybe an opportunity to bet the Jags in the AFC South. But uh, I would kind of sit on my hat here and wait for the confirmation on Herbert news to try to get the best price possible. Yeah, I would also look at the under 47 and a half as a part of that, a way to yeah. hedge against the potential that Herbert either doesn't play or that he's not right. I think the Chargers of all teams are certainly not afraid of leaning into a conservative game style um, to their detriment. And if Herbert isn't right, they might look to protect him even more often. And this Jags defense, uh, I mean, I don't think we really have a feel on them yet after they got lit up by the commanders and then shut out the Colts. Uh my question to you, though, Drew, is if this is Chase Daniel, are the Jags yeah. favored? Ooh, it's probably a two and a half. Okay. Two and a half yeah. would be my guess. Um, and the reason is that the Chargers defense still does match up pretty well against this Jags offense. Um, they're going to be able to generate pressure. They're going to be able to kind of put, uh, you know, Trevor Lawrence in some tough spots. Um, you know, I think, uh, Ultimately, that's if you're, you know, if you're the again, if you're game planning and you're the Chargers, you're probably spending most of your time on defense this week uh, and literally trying to figure out how do we win a game 13 to 10. Uh, and, you know, that, that, you know, all of this kind of makes me inclined to bet the under as well. 47 and a half, uh, you know, it's on the right side of a key, um, you know, and, and I think um, what we saw from the Jags defense last week to me, was more of what was expected than what we saw from them week one against the Commanders. Um, you know, I liked the fact that they were getting, uh, you know, relative success with their pass rush. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I would rate the uh, Chargers offensive lines, pass protection in particular, a lot higher than I would rate the Colts. So it's going to be a true test for them. But if they can get pressure on a handful of snaps, then, uh, you know, where it's obvious dropbacks and you're going to induce punts, you're going to induce field goals. Uh, and I think uh, this under 47 and a half makes a ton of sense. Yep. Like the under. And I, I think the Chargers might be a top five defense. They made Patrick Mahomes look shockingly mortal. And if you've got a top five defense uh, on one side and then on the other side, you've got a high potential, well, some potential of Chase Daniel, uh, then the under is going to be <laughs> worth a look. And I think the way to always conceptualize unders is in relation to 48 flat because 48 yeah. flat was the average total last season, and this is 47 and a half. And so I think that there's probably more scope to this to be a lower than average scoring game than that would indicate, and lots of uh, lots of upside uh, with that total going down. Okay, in case you missed it, Matthew Berry's new show, Fantasy Football Happy Hour with Matthew Berry, is on NBC. I will be on that show in about an hour, co-hosting Matthew's back with NBC and Rotoworld, doing what he does best, rolling out his love-hate list, breaking down who to start and sit, and much more. There will also be plenty of actionable information along the way for sports bettors too, so check it out on weekdays on Peacock at 12 p.m. Eastern and Sunday show at 11 a.m. Eastern uh, then, or you can listen to the show in podcast form wherever you download and subscribe. All right, let's close out with 
the biggest game of the weekend to NFC powerhouses, the two favourites for the NFC coming into the season. The Philadelphia Eagles might have a say in disrupting that. Uh, <laughs> the Packers are plus one and a half at Tampa Bay. And what is shocking to most people, I mean, on face value, it's not actually that shocking when you think about it, but the total is just 42 with uh, the top two finishers in MVP last year. Can only uh, scramble up a total of 42. Obviously, the Tampa Bay offense, I think, has much more scope to get better as the season goes along, as they get all their players back. But the Packers, to me, this is the most interesting thing in this game. It's just, can this Packers team, which is now basically fully healthy on offense outside of Bakhtiari, they're actually going to be able to score against the Tampa Bay defense? That is the question. Um, And... I am kind of clearly on record as being, you know, just a, a, like head over heels infatuated with how good this Bucks defense is. Um, they lose Akeem Hicks. Not great. Uh, he's a pretty important part of their run-stopping excellence over the, over the Todd Bowles era has largely been because you have these huge bodies like Vita Vea and Sue last year, Vita Vea and, uh, you know, Akeem Hicks this year. When you have that much redundancy on your D-line, like there's just too many really good players to account for. You take Akeem Hicks out of the mix and you put in a replacement-level guy, you know, there may be some room for the Green Bay Packers to run here, particularly with, the as you mentioned, the healthy offensive line. Um, Green Bay in general, as we saw against the Bears, uh, you know, they got their offense on track by running Aaron Jones. Uh, And so, you know, the idea that you are now facing a tough test with a very good rushing offense against a defense that, you know, now maybe has a crack in the D line uh, is doesn't feel great uh, as someone who is, you know, beating the drum that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are the best defense on on earth. Um, that said, uh, this Tampa Bay offense and what's going on with their, you know, player availability is like staggering. I cannot remember a team succeeding in the face of this much injury adversity early in the season in all of my years betting the NFL. They have lost so many men on this offensive line. They are down to their third string tackle on one side, their third string center at this point. Like this is crazy that these guys are, you know, still figuring out ways to, you know, to adequately pass pro um, considering what's happened to this group. Uh, And, you know, I, you know, credit to Mike Evans for going out there and, you know, defending his guy. Uh, I think he really just was looking for any excuse to fight with Lattimore personally, but, uh, you know, he gets suspended for a game and that puts this wide receiver crew in, in even more dire straits. Uh, Perryman is probably going to be your wide receiver one, Russell Gage wide receiver two. Maybe Julio Jones is available in this contest, but, um, you know, a lot of questions about how this offense is going to finally find its footing. Um, for what it's worth, uh, I think the, uh, you know, I'm not expecting Donovan Smith to go. I have no idea who's going to start at left tackle for this unit. Um, but for, you know, for what it's worth, Brady has in general gotten by with questionable tackle play. It's much more about interior pressure in terms of how he is able to, uh, kind of operate within the pocket. Uh, but that said, Green Bay's defense, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's good scheme for what Tampa Bay liked to do. The last couple of years in the passing game, if Tampa comes in with a, you know, hey, we're going to give, you know, uh, Lenny, you know, fat Lenny, we're going to give him 25 touches in this one. And we're going to try to run it up the middle on these guys. That might work. There's some questions about this linebacking core from Green Bay. They like to run light sets. You can push them around in the run game if you're the more physical team. So uh, I think ultimately this is going to be a rock fight. Uh, I am on the under from a, a much better price point. I wouldn't bet under at 42. It's been trending up all week as we are getting 
presumably more positive information about Green Bay, I guess. Um, but uh, ultimately, this is going to be a game that's decided by field goals, I think. Uh, and uh, Green Bay, uh, at, if you're going to bet Green Bay, I would prefer them as a teaser leg at this price point than I would take them on the money line. What do you think? Yeah, there's a lot to unpack here. These two teams, which are much less known than I thought we thought they'd be coming into the season, where, look, there's two things. One, Green Bay's two best skill position players by far are both running backs. Uh, so that's a blessing for unders. Also, this Tampa Bay team, just with the state of their offensive line and more to the point, the state of their receivers, they're just not throwing the ball. Last year, Tom Brady averaged 42 pass attempts per game. This year, first two games, uh, he's had 27 and 34. Uh, it's looking very much like his last season in New England where there was just no one to throw to, particularly if Mike Evans doesn't get his suspension overturned. I do think that the sneaky thing is, is what you raised. This Green Bay rushing defense has been really bad. Uh, Dalvin Cook got what he wanted. Uh, mm-hmm. David Montgomery was made yeah. to look like LaDainian Tomlinson out there on Sunday night. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I do think that if Tampa Bay do want to run the ball, like you said, they should be able to have some success even with the offensive line banged up because it's not like Chicago has a good offensive line either. Uh, but yeah, I think that we'll know a lot more about the Green Bay defense after this game just because uh, this is a matchup where they should thrive. This Tampa, Bay, This is not a good offense at the moment uh, in no. Tampa Bay. And the book on the Tampa Bay defense has been that, you know, they have this incredible <laughs> rushing defense that, you know, they forced Frank Reich to stop giving the ball to Jonathan Taylor and just pass it with Carson Wentz 22 times in a row last year or whatever the number was. But Tampa Bay have the best pass defense in the league right now by DVOA. This is a blockbuster defense. And so I think that it's correct that Tampa are slight favorites. Uh, but it is very much on a knife's edge, and I would still be skewing under if forced, um, though to your point, it looks like there is probably a little bit more scope for the over in terms of the number rising at least. Okay, Drew, any last thoughts? Yeah, I think uh, we've been doing this a long time, betting on the NFL, that is. This is some of the craziest, most important injuries that I can remember this early in the season. Usually, like... The, the, the standard is there's a couple of wild ACLs in the preseason and you just kind of get on with your life and kind of, you know, make your adjustments and carry on. This has been crazy now. Two weeks in a row, all of these questionable pieces that matter a ton. Uh, I think as you kind of generally shape your betting strategy for the week, you absolutely need to figure out who is going to influence market movement in terms of questionable players. Uh, and then make decisions on I'm going to bet on this team or I'm going to bet on this total now, expecting that when that news comes one way or the other, uh, you're on the right side of, uh, you know, the market movement because, you know, we're getting in, starting to get into sharper lines uh, and, uh, you know, to the degree that the numbers are going to matter a ton, as, it, as you saw in Monday Night Football with uh, the Bills Titans total, getting the best of the number was a win yes. versus a loss in that one. Um, and, uh, you know, you're going to start to see a lot more of those as we get into the heart of the season. Agree. Just last question before we close out. I do think, one, I do think it is uh, a little bit concerning for Green Bay that they're plus one and a half in Tampa despite Tampa's injuries. Now, uh... the question is, if Godwin and Evans, if they were, if everyone was playing, is this Tampa Bay minus three and a half? Yeah, and I'm laying the points without question. Yeah. If okay, Akeem Hicks I, is out I, there, if you have a fully rostered Tampa Bay offense, this is, uh, yeah, this is good night now. Yeah. Yeah. 
Okay, well, there you go. A bit of scope for uh, for Tampa in the NFC as they get healthier. All right, we are done. Uh, don't forget to check out NBCSportsEdge.com for more information to help you with your wages. Thanks for those of you watching on the NBC Sports YouTube channel. And if you're listening to us in podcast form, don't forget to subscribe and rate us. From Jay Croucher and Drew Dinsick, we'll be back tomorrow. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.